The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. The shooter from the I-190 Thursday remains at large. State police calling it an isolated incident. Three Buffalo sewer authority workers headed south on the 190 when their truck was struck multiple times by bullets late Thursday morning. Preliminary investigation reveals that the shots were fired at the victim's vehicle from a late model, dark colored Jeep Grand Cherokee that was also traveling southbound on the 190. That's State Police Major Eugene Staniszewski said they do not have a motive for the shooting. A backseat passenger died of his injuries. Two others injured, one stable, the other in critical condition at last report. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn. This is outrageous. Uh, The outrageous conduct of some individual or individuals uh, acting uh, out on the thruway uh, and uh, shooting up uh, the vehicle of a Buffalo Sewer Department uh, employees. We believe, like the Major said, uh, there is no uh, threat uh, to anyone else uh, and that this was an isolated incident. Police are withholding the names of the deceased and the injured. The 190 South was closed for about four hours yesterday. Well, Mayor Byron Brown visited with employees of the Buffalo Sewer Authority yesterday. He was at ACMC with families of those injured, telling Tom Bowerly yesterday it was very emotional. It, it, it was difficult. I was able to visit with one of the injured workers uh, who physically was in pain, but mentally and emotionally was in pain as as well. There was a family member with that worker who also was in pain, sharing deep concern. The mayor said the incident put him back in the mindset of 514. He said it happened just after he had put out a statement in support of the people of Lewiston, Maine, where 18 were killed. And we're getting an update on that this morning. There is fear and sadness in Lewiston, Maine, after that deadly mass shooting. A shelter-in-place order extended for Lewiston into the night as the hunt for mass murder suspect Robert Card goes on. It means businesses all around are shut down. Even the essentials, hard to come by. Cat food. Wow. And you couldn't find it anywhere? No. Leah Scruggs, a young mom and animal lover, not kidding. Restaurants, malls, fitness gyms, convenience stores, even fast food closed. One of the only businesses I found open, a small gas station with cars lined up. 25-year-old Aiden, nervous to stop, but he had to. This is very, very sad. I can't even go get gas. Life on lockdown. Derek Dennis, ABC News in Lewiston, Maine. Okay, meanwhile, still no sign of Robert Carr, the Army Reservist wanted for those shootings in Maine. Ike has more on the search. According to sources, investigators found a suicide note at Card's home addressed to his son. It did not provide a motive for the rampage, but contained bank information and what are described as rantings. Card, this past summer, was treated at a mental health facility after reportedly hearing voices and allegedly threatening to attack a National Guard facility. His recent activity online is also in the spotlight. His likes on social media include far-right conspiratorial content. He also Engaged on issues ranging from gun rights to gay rights. Ike Chachi with the latest. We'll have much more on this story throughout the morning here on WBEN. All right. In other news, the Bills get back to winning football. 
Back to pass, and he's going to tuck it and run right up the gut. Down to the five, looking for the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Release the beast. Josh Allen with a 13-yard touchdown run. Buffalo beats Tampa 24-18. to How about that? It was looking good. Josh Allen, two touchdowns through the air, one on the ground. This team moves really well when I'm able to get the ball around to our playmakers. And I thought guys did a great job of the ball in their hand, making, making some rack. You know, Gabe on one of those third downs, you know, puts his foot in the ground, goes and gets it. Diggy at the end on that last second to last third down, we got to convert on that last third down, but the second to last third down, recognizing what's going on, um, give me a good body language to, to throw to. But, you know, our guys knew what they were doing. They were playing fast. Obviously, when you go up tempo, it's, it's kind of like if you make a mistake, at least you're going full speed, and uh, sometimes I find you that way too. So just, just trying to get guys open. All right, uh, Josh Allen uh, looking pretty good. Wasn't a route, though. Bills needed a last-second uh, Hal Mary stop to seal the game up. I thought our guys came out and were ready to play. And, again, you hate to have those last-second Hail Marys from the opposing side. It's just kind of hold your breath and, and wait and, you know, hate putting our defense in that situation. So we got to figure out a way to, to go finish the game on our terms. Well, a bit of a break before the Bills are back in action next Sunday night against the Bengals. So uh, yeah, a whole week from a Sunday, it'll be a, a little while. kind of need the break, maybe. And I think for the injures, injuries, you know, to get some people back, maybe. Would be nice. Um, I, you, you don't know who exactly is going to be. Von Miller did play a little bit more yesterday, so maybe a few extra days of rest, he'll be even more ready to go for that Bengals game, which will be a big one. Playoff rematch, of course, uh, back in Cincinnati for the first time since DeMar Hamlin's collapse. Going to be a lot of emotion on the field, and uh, wow, a lot of emotion in the stands yesterday. Those fans were loud. Uh, I mean... They it really were. Sounds like I was at the game. I have no idea how I lost my voice in the last were you, were you 12 hours. I, I literally was not. I was watching Wow. At, on my couch by myself with my dogs. I didn't scream at them. There's no... <laughs> somehow I'm waking up. Uh, with uh, like half a voice, maybe it was just like internalized. Uh, I I did that. It was I, I said it pregame. I'm watching the pregame with Ryan Fitzpatrick and everything. Yep. And during the game, as they're running out of the tunnel, my wife's sitting next to me and go, "Man, this would have been the game to go to uh, of the entire season. It like a fun Seventy one. degrees. Yeah, I mean, great. the weather was just perfect. Yeah. Last night, great atmosphere and a great win too." It really was. And other news this morning, car deer collisions on the rise. AAA's Elizabeth Carey says deer car collisions are up from last year. You need to be on the lookout for starters. But if you come across a deer on the road, don't panic. You want to remain calm. If you swerve, it could lead to a more serious incident where you could go off the road, you could be injured, there could be a fatality. Uh, if necessary, it might be necessary to continue to go straight strike the animal, which is something you don't want to do. But just remember, apply steady braking. Collisions with a deer could mean a trip to the collision shop. Dan Dayford of Northtown Collision says he's seeing seven to nine such collisions a week, and he says it can be challenging to get the replacement parts. Depending on the manufacturer, it could be anywhere from you get them right away um, with the strike that's going on, could be weeks. And how much could a repair cost you? Hear from Dayford online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Yeah, uh, a lot of people can say those deer will do damage oh, yeah. if you uh, run into one, so you got to watch out. I, I see like, them all the time. I feel like I see more than I've ever seen before. 
I I don't know. For me, there's been like a dear family who in my, in my years of living, I, yeah. it's they're recognizable. It's the same like five deer yeah. hanging out around. The, they walk on the sidewalk. They obey the traffic laws. I mean, I, they've really made themselves a part of the community. Lately, I've seen this family that is near me on the next street from me and they're laying on the front lawn of a house as if they live yeah, there yeah every morning though i gotta you know keep my head up on the way to work For i know sure. where those are but then there's more you know just kind of out and about i saw yesterday driving from here back home on the 290 westbound not on the road but right off the side of it right before you hit niagara falls boulevard Running up, you know, the grass oh, just yes. kind of, you got to keep your head on a swivel out Oh, there. yeah, you absolutely do. This is the time for sure. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Few showers early this morning, otherwise partly sunny, breezy, mild today with temperatures in the low 70s. For tonight, overnight lows near 60 with some rain showers towards Saturday morning. Saturday, we start near 60 with some showers early becoming partly sunny as temperatures drop during the day. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm... I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. Joining us right now, live from Washington, with a look at this week in politics. All right, Rick, after a few long weeks, the House has a new speaker, Mike Johnson, who I believe was coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins about seven years ago. Uh, and that's about as much as I know about him. What else? I was going to say he could have also could have played second base for the Pirates at one point. Who knows? It, it, I had to Google him, and a lot, a lot of political insiders that I talked to admitted the same. You know, it's a name that I'd heard of, but I had, had no real, real sense of who he was. He very rarely does interviews or, or appears publicly. What we've learned since then, he's a staunch fiscal and social conservative. He opposes gay marriage. He opposes abortion rights, wants a federal ban. He also led the legal efforts, um, to the extent I had heard of him, it was around this, to, to try to get Congress to – intervene to overturn the 2020 election uh, uh, at the Supreme Court. Uh, that, of course, was not successful. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing going for him is that he's kind of a blank slate. And he doesn't he hasn't been around long enough, only seven years in Congress, to have made many enemies. And that allowed him to unite some of the warring parties that after 22 days, frankly, they were just exhausted. They were sick of it. They felt like it was an embarrassment, felt like they needed to move on. Uh, and they landed on a guy that, you know, the country is still going to get to know for a little while. Yeah, didn't have any enemies. It seems like that was the biggest point there. When you think of the events over the last few weeks that, you know, we were leaning towards Scalise at one point and then Jim Jordan, Tom Emmer. And then it comes up with Mike Johnson. Yeah, it was wild. And, and you know, to land on someone who has kind of anonymous public profile uh, might have been the only way for this to work because people that have been out there campaigning for it too much or had too many, too much of a kind of firm public, uh, a public perception around uh, him or her just would have been impossible in this moment. So we'll see with Johnson. I mean, he did an interview with Sean Hannity last night and talked a lot about his faith and about uh, his, his desire to split Ukraine funding away from Israel to fund Israel first. And uh, he's going to be tested with a government shutdown uh, looming in just about 20 days or so. So he doesn't really have time to, to get a seat wet as a leader. Yeah, that will be a big test for him. Uh, Matt Gates called him uh, ultra mega in describing him as a compliment. And then the president will do the same thing as, you know, an insult. And I, are there many times in history, Rick, where you can look at two sides using the exact same wording as uh, meaning two completely different things, either a compliment or an insult? Yeah, it's a, it's a really fan, a, a, a fantastic point, and I think it speaks to the peculiarities of this moment, is that the MAGA movement 
is extraordinarily strong, and people want to be part of it if that's where your persuasions are. But the anti-MAGA movement uh, arguably is even stronger, and that's what got uh, midterm losses for the, for the Republicans back in 18, the presidential loss in 20, and then more midterm setbacks back in 22. So MAGA versus anti-MAGA uh, is kind of an interesting dividing line, and, and you're right, the fact that one side would embrace it uh, and the other side would say, great, I like it too, tells you kind of all you need to know about that position, that piece of positioning. Do you think that Congress is ready to get back to business? As a Republican member of Congress told us yesterday, the world is on fire right now, he said. You know, will they meet the moment, do you think? You know, it's hard to imagine that Speaker Johnson is going to have a better road of just uniting Republicans on anything. I think there's there's a lot of embarrassment over the last couple of weeks and a, and a desire to get moving again. And that might give him a little bit of goodwill. But when, you're get, when you get into it, I think he's going to be stuck with the exact same fault lines and dividing lines that, that, uh, that, that ended up ending McCarthy's bid and then ending the bids of the three individuals who became speaker designates after that before Johnson. And uh, it, it, there's just a lot of hurt feelings. There's a lot of real disagreements. Uh, and then I think there's still a lot of people just kind of sniping over the fact that a small number of Republicans put the rest of their conference through this the last couple of weeks. And there's still going to be a desire to say, wait a second, if they did that and acted up that way, why can't I get what I want and, and make noises in that direction? Well, we'll see where this takes us over the next few weeks, especially leading to that new shutdown deadline. Uh, Rick, another mass shooting in the U.S. and more calls for change in Washington. But this time, uh, it does seem a little different, and the, the circumstances are a little bit different. You had the White House press secretary yesterday uh, saying that, you know, we need to make our streets safer, um, make our communities safer, that Congress has to pass uh, gun laws to address these shootings. You have uh, the president's son facing uh, gun law violations uh, as his father is talking about new gun laws, you have uh, a lot of gun laws that are kind of going, you know, uh, maybe unenforced across the U.S. I, how do you deal with this situation with the circumstance that the president finds himself in regarding his son and regarding some of the policies in cities across America? Yeah, I mean, it's an oddity, but I don't, I don't think it impacts how President Biden impacted the fact that his son um, is is accused of lying on a form and having been a drug user, uh, saying he hadn't been using drugs. That's part of what he's charged about. But I don't, I don't think that has an impact when you talk about support for an assault weapons ban. That's not what Hunter Biden had. Hunter Biden had a handgun, a small, you know, much much smaller firearm than, than what we're talking about here. But look, I, I think I'm sick of even saying, you know, nothing's going to change in politics. But guess what? Nothing's going to change in politics after another uh, episode of violence. I was interested to see a congressman from Maine, which is a very pro-gun state, a Democratic congressman, saying that he was wrong uh, to have previously opposed an assault weapons ban, and now now wants to. We're now saying his position has been has been changed. Uh, you're going to need more than that, but you know it, it, those kind of small conversions could ultimately uh, get you into in, into that direction. But man, I, I just you know look, it just it, 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 it's a sad state of how our politics moves that these things happen, and, and we they sort of grip the country for a while because they're they're awful and horrible and unthinkable. But we go back to our respective political corners pretty quickly. The presidential race has kind of taken a backseat to all the news that's been going on of late. Uh, does it fire up again? And is it because of this mass shooting in Maine? Or what do you think gets gets the headlines for the candidates? It's uh, a great question. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, this has been a weird race in so many ways, and, and I don't know what it's going to take to kind of 
put it front and center and get everyone thinking about it and talking about it again. It seems like there keeps being something that comes up to kind of change the the, the way that we're thinking about the, this race, whatever it gets, you know, a little bit hot again. Um, so I don't know what it'll be. I mean, uh, there will be a time where we're talking a whole lot about um, the, the the presidential race. That time is not now. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be or what's going to what's going to actually bring us to that discussion. But uh, uh, it does feel like over and over again we've had something that just takes the country in a different direction. I know it's frustrating even to the candidates who very much want to get traction for their messages, want very much want to be out there you know, talking about these issues because they're obviously critical ones for the country. Well, Rick, thank you. Rick Klein, ABC News political director, joining us live this morning. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.